the name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. Sometimes you might rejoice in the way things are going in your life and in the world. At times it seems like God's blessings are abundant and we seem to bask in his glory. Sometimes things go in a good way and you see God's hand turning things for good. Sometimes evil is pushed back and the peace of God's kingdom seems to prevail. But sometimes not. Sometimes, maybe even most times, evil seems to win the day and have the upper hand. Sometimes, maybe even most times, things have their challenges and it seems that every time you take a step forward, you are pushed two steps back. Whether in your health, your job, your goals, your country, your family, whatever it is, things don't always go smoothly. The impacts of sin creep into all that is good to rob you of joy. And the gloomy shadow of death darkens things that would otherwise shine. Sometimes things are great, but sometimes things are crashing out of control. Can God not make up his mind? Is his power not ultimate? Is his love uncertain? Is his will cloudy? That's how Elijah must have felt. Our Old Testament lesson today has Elijah hiding in a cave. And we can recall that just before this, Elijah had seen the power of God overcome the forces of evil at Mount Carmel. So we can recall the story, one of maybe the most famous of the stories of Elijah is he's on the top, the top of Mount Carmel and he's challenged the, the prophets of Baal to prove that Baal exists. And so they build an altar and they put a sacrifice on the altar and Elijah says, okay, call, call for Baal to come down and prove himself and consume the sacrifice. And so the prophets of Baal, they pray and dance around all day long and nothing comes. And so now it's Elijah's turn. And so he commands for the, the altar to be surrounded with a trench and they fill the trench with water and they cover the sacrifice with water. So everything is soaking wet. And then Elijah prays for God to make himself known and God rains, rains down fire from heaven consumes the sacrifice, the altar, and the entire trench and all the water in it, like a bomb went off. So it's clear who the true God is. Then Elijah turns and has the prophets of Baal slaughtered. God's power over evil was clear. Maybe this would be the moment when God turns things around for Israel. So we can just imagine how excited Elijah was in that moment of triumph. And then, almost the same day, Queen Jezebel, the Queen of Israel at the time, when she got wind of what had happened, she vowed that Elijah would be killed that very day. When Elijah heard this, he ran in fear, and he hid 
in a cave. He'd just seen the power of God and he was enjoying victory. And now things are spiraling out of control. He was hopeless and afraid. And so he abandoned his vocation and he ran away. Our Old Testament lesson today has him in that cave, wondering the same thing that we often wonder in our times of trial. Where is God now? Can God not make up his mind? Is his power not ultimate? Is his love uncertain? Is his will cloudy? Into his despair, doubt, and fear, God came to him. But not how Elijah might have expected. Having seen the power of God rain down and destroy the prophets of Baal, why would God not reveal himself in power? And so to make this point for Elijah, first, there's a great wind that comes and shatters the rocks on the mountain, but God was not in the wind. And then there was a great earthquake, but God was not in the earthquake. And then there was a great fire, but God was not in the fire. God did not come to Elijah in power. But then there was the sound of a low whisper, a small voice, and that is where God spoke to Elijah. Not in power, but in the weakness of a whisper to reassure Elijah that he was not alone and that God was working out justice, mercy, and repentance in his way and in his time, not Elijah's. In our Christian life, that is, in our lives as sinners and saints at the same time, we will often find ourselves like Elijah, one day experiencing joy and peace in our vocations, rejoicing in God's love and presence and power. The next, we might have our doubts as sickness and suffering creep in and when evil seems to prevail in our vocations. One minute, we feel the comfort and joy of the gospel but other times we feel the crushing despair of unbelief, fearing that we are alone and spiraling into chaos. One day, you might get your man elected, a Supreme Court decision goes the right way, and goodness seems to prevail. And we rightly rejoice and give thanks for those things. But does that mean that God is absent or unloving, or not powerful, when your man is not elected, when the Supreme Court goes a different way, or when evil runs rampant and the backlash against goodness goes unchecked? Of course not. God is just as loving, present, and powerful in our times of trial as he is in our times of glory. He's with us in the cave, as well as on the mountaintop. 
Although we might at times have the same questions as Elijah, where is God now? Can he not make up his mind? Is his power not ultimate? Is his love uncertain? Is his will cloudy? In our times of hiding in our caves of despair, hopelessness, and fear, like Elijah, God comes to us and makes himself known, but not according to what we might expect or demand. His love toward you is certain, not because things go well in your life or your vocation. His love toward you is seen on the cross. God's love is made known not on your terms, but on his. His love is made known with clarity and certainty for you by his cross. He has loved us by dying for us and overcoming evil eternally. Like Elijah, we might at times wonder what God's will is for our lives. But we won't have certainty by looking for God's will or God's love in acts of power or moments of glory in our life and trying to figure out God's attitude toward us. Like it was for Elijah, certainty and comfort are not found in power, but in the small voice, the whisper of God's word of gospel His certain will for us is that he wants our sins forgiven as he places his word of absolution on the lips of a pastor and into your ears that you would know for certain that your sins are forgiven before God in heaven. God obviously has power, but he deals with us not according to power, but in mercy and weakness not bringing the wrath that we deserve or dealing with us in vengeance in the way that we like for him to deal with others at times. But he comes in the self-chosen weakness of a manger and the lowliness of the cross and the greatest weakness of dying for the undeserving. He continues to come to you, not in the power that you might expect but in the low whisper of his word of sins forgiven and shame covered. He is certainly present everywhere, present in winds, earthquakes, and fires, but he is not present there for you in mercy. But in mercy, he has located himself in the weakness of holy baptism, where he has placed his name and presence with you always. He feeds you his life-giving body and blood, that you would know that God loves you and has given you eternal life, no matter what you might be facing today in this life. Like Elijah, sometimes things go well in this life. And so give thanks to God for that. But know all the more that when things don't go well, or when you face trials or times of hopelessness or suffering in your vocation, It's not that God has abandoned you. He doesn't point you to your life for evidence of his love or presence, but he points you to his word and his cross. Jesus has taken up his cross for you. 
so that even and especially in your crosses, you would always know that he is with you, that he loves you, has overcome evil for you eternally, and works things toward your good according to his will and in his time. In the name of Jesus, amen. We stand and confess our Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed.